2: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers, smart speakers, or subscribe with your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com tips. This is gotomeeting.com tips. BSBOT some number. Gregory and I got on a call 0.5 seconds ago. I started the podcast. Gregory, on our last podcast, we had what I would consider to be a, a uh, not grim, but a deep, uh, tro- not troublesome either, just a really emotional, a really deep and hardened episode where we discussed the growth of humans, nuance, um, some politics, and, uh,
3: did you anyway, did you open up buzzword bingo without telling me? I
2: <laughs> Well, we're going to play that another time, and uh, stay tuned for that in the future. But I said a lot of buzzwords there, and uh, that's what we did last podcast. And you know what we're doing in this podcast? Fucking none of that. Um, so I want to <laughs> spend the next—yeah, fucking zero of it. That's right. I've had uh, what I would consider a totally shit week and have been uh, very, very busy and uh, concerned about a lot of different things. So I want to spend the next 30 minutes, Gregory, talking about good yep. things. These good things what? now— Yeah, I know. Insane, right? This episode is going to be titled Good Vibes Only. And by the way, I just burped. I just disgustingly burped into the mic. Um, I'm so sorry, everybody. By the way, this might not be the only time we do an episode like this. This is good. I'm calling this episode Good Vibes Only Part 1. Now, there might not be a part two, but the description will say part one in case there is a part two. So for the next 30 minutes, Gregory, we are going to discuss good things, whether it be in your life. Whether it be in the future of the New York Rangers, it could be about the Mets. But no matter what it's about, we're discussing only good things. So I will start with the easiest thing that I will think is good. So just for the record, for the record, we had a
3: conversation not even 40 minutes ago. That's correct. We're not doing the thing we discussed 40 minutes ago.
2: What was the thing we discussed 40 minutes ago?
3: What Ranger players are doing in quarantine.
2: Oh, I, th- I said let's shelf that one for next week. But if you want to do that now, I would like to also talk good things.
3: Yeah, I thought you were saying good things for next week. No. This is communication at its finest, folks. Yeah, this the is The two like, people this discussing like what you, they f- – <laughs>
2: <laughs> This is like this week we had uh, Bantry with the blue shirts on and you were like, oh, I have these questions already, but I didn't send them to you. It's very simple. Yeah, but that
3: actually that actually worked because at least one of us knew what we were doing.
2: Right, but both of us think. I guess this. Things, right?
3: I guess one of us knows what we're doing now too. That's still But it's not. It's correct. not this one, and this one is the one I know All and right. care about.
2: Okay, how about this? We'll do both.
3: Yeah, I don't have any good vibes, so I don't know what to tell you there.
2: Okay, well, I was gonna just start naming good, good, ranger things for the future, things to be excited about, because we talked oh, about things we were disappointed about, and I was like. Well, are there so many things to be excited about for the future of the New York Rangers in general? Am I am I wrong in saying that? Because there just it seems like there's a, a long, long list of, of of good things. I mean, starting with e, Artemi Panarin is a New York Ranger for the next six years. We don't even know if we've seen the prime of Artemi Panarin. We don't even know if we've seen the prime of Mika Zibanejad. Where there's so there's so many like great little topics when it comes to New York Rangers and good and future hope that I was like maybe we could just do thirty minutes on this, but. I also made a quarantine house chart yesterday. If we want to talk about that, too, we could do that,
3: too. Uh, I don't care? Hmm. Question mark?
2: Okay. All right. Well, we'll do the quarantine episode then. Maybe we'll save good vibes for another time. But I just uh, it's something I definitely uh, need to get out. Because there's a lot of good things coming up in the future. When that future is, I'm not sure. But for the New York Rangers, there's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I only got to see, like, 11 games of Igor Shesterkin. I, I hope I get to watch at least 300 more. There's, uh, there, I, I get to watch Keiondre Miller possibly next year. I mean, I, I would definitely get to watch him in Hartford. There's so much good and fun coming out down the New York Ranger pipeline that I just, I just, I would like to have some positive thoughts in my life. Um, with that being said, I guess what, this will not be called uh, Good Vibes Part 1, but it would rather be called What the Rangers Are Doing During Quarantine. Um, and w- would you like to go by house? Because I have the entire roster here.
3: We could do good vibes, dude. i you just didn't communicate that to me before this.
2: It's it's uh, I was I was trying to, and my brain is on uh, not functional as uh, as you could probably. I mean, I down. could ju-
3: I could easily just sit here as you list good vibes and I could either agree with you or disagree with. you. That's fine by me. I okay, care. I
2: like the agree aggressi- agree or disagree on the Rangers good vibes for the future. Let's do this. we could definitely do this. Good vibes only. j d is the most appropriate person in hockey to be running the New York Rangers. He is an excellent communicator, a leader, and has come back home after proving successful in multiple other organizations. And now we will be taking the New York Rangers on to what would be called their next, um, I guess, cup contention window, which, again, has already started. So I would say the first thing uh, that, that are good vibes only about the Rangers in the future is... JD is the absolute perfect leader moving forward. Agree or disagree?
3: Um, In hockey. So we're only talking about people that are currently employed by other hockey teams.
2: That is correct.
3: Pro- probably agree.
2: We're not talking I don't about think... like other, like, uh, you know, I'm not talking about getting Theo Epstein into the Rangers. You know what I'm talking about here?
3: Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's kind of a, weird question to answer because no one in the hockey world will ever open up the doors to people on the outside of the hockey world so we really only know the 45 to 50 or so people that get passed around all the time right so yeah i guess in in essence if i only had to choose between those 45 and 50 people i guess jd is the best of the best well it's jd also that we'll, like we'll you know he's know.
2: been a part of the organization for fucking ever and if if anybody knows what it's like to represent the new york rangers it's him I see that as a positive.
3: Sure. You're allowed, to, I, you're I, allowed it's, to not a, it's not a, I don't disagree. It's not a bad thing. It's just, I don't know. It was a closed-minded <laughs> process to hire JD. I'm still a little annoyed by it. I'm not upset that the Rangers landed on JD. They could have interviewed 10,000 people, and JD probably would have ended up being the best of them. But but let's you, not you pretend are- like it was this open policy. Open, process the rangers had. it was
2: not they really only interviewed him i mean that was something we talked about on the podcast uh during that time they didn't really did they, they interview anybody else no right i don't think so there
3: were rumblings of eiserman but there was never a chance the rangers were gonna there was never a chance eiserman was gonna come here and there was never a chance the rangers were gonna interview him they wanted davidson from the start
2: and eiserman was always dead set on going back to detroit right like isn't that the whole reason he left tampa bay in the first place?
3: i don't think he was dead i think eiserman's a smart enough fellow that if an organization like the Rangers presented him with something different, he might have considered it. I think he had a preference to go back to the Red Wings. I don't but I, I, I don't think it was a guarantee if someone came to him with something super interesting. There's a whole reason why he went to Tampa Bay in the first place.
2: But it's still funny to me um that he left Tampa Bay. Isn't that isn't that still a little bit weird to you? Like I know no, he said I, he was going to be back closer to his parents, but um, you know, this this season got canceled as everybody knows. But they were major cup contenders, not just last year before they got swept, but this year too.
3: Yeah, but I think he got bored. I do. I think part of the reason why Eisenman left, and I'm sure he'll never say it, but I think he got bored. I I I think he, even without having a cup to show for it, he assembled in his mind what he thought was the perfect team and the perfect organization. And he could either ride that wave for years to come or he could try and find a new adventure. And I I don't think he would have left for just any job. I think he had a a feeling that Detroit was on the horizon and he could basically build something from the ground up in his hometown or his adopted hometown. But I do think, I think if Eisenman was really invested in Tampa Bay long term, I think he would have stayed. I, I just think he got bored.
2: Not to bring up Epstein twice in a podcast, but here we are. Is do you consider that to similar to when uh, Epstein left Boston?
3: I think Boston was souring on Epstein, a which is little bit. still crazy. I to think, me. yeah, I think Boston I was getting title, bored so. of Theo. Yeah, I, I think ownership, in a way, was getting bored of Theo more than Theo was getting. I think it, the Red Sox could have kept Theo if they really wanted to. I don't think they wanted to.
2: Still, I think that was
3: a mutual exit.
2: Oh, he went and won a title with the Cubs. One of the most impossible things to do in sports other than winning with the Yeah,
3: Theo, Theo Theo Epstein's on the Mount Rushmore. He ended the Red Sox streak, and then he ended the Cubs streak. Like, he's, he's good for life. Whatever Theo wants to do, he can do it. And then Theo gets credit for just about every disciple. Or basically, do you think – if Billy Bean's the godfather, right, mm-hmm. and maybe baseball was going in this direction anyway, does baseball become what it is today without – Theo Epstein basically perfecting it. I don't no, think so.
2: Probably not. I think he's he's the person. Like he got the ideas from uh from Bean and others that were trendsetters, and then he just mastered it more than anybody else. And I think yeah. the thing that like people that separates- people like to
3: give Sean yeah people like to give Sean McVay like if you touch Sean McVay mm-hmm. in the NFL, you'll get an NFL job. But. Every front office in baseball is basically built in Theo Epstein's image at this point in time.
2: The thing that Epstein that sets Epstein apart is that he was a great analytics person, but not only that, an amazing deal maker, and uh, quite good with his connections within the league. So,
3: all right. Yeah, and he was he was an analytics guy that wasn't afraid to spend money. That too. Billy, Billy Bean became an analytics guy because the A's don't want to spend money. Friedman is so like that too. To for, find... the,
2: for the Dodgers, by the way. And I mean, he was that he he was in Tampa Bay for a very long time, and then got. But the Dodgers had money, and if it wasn't for the Astros cheating, probably has two titles. So, at least, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next thing, Jeff Gordon is a top five GM.
3: Agree or disagree? Mm-hmm. Probably. I I I not a, over for two on getting a hard agree or disagree from me here. That's
2: it, um, fine. I it, it makes better content, and I'm.
3: I'm yeah, I don't know. I I. There's no obvious flaw with Jeff Gorton, but I it, again, it's it's one of those things where, unlike other GMs in the NHL, I know Jeff Gorton isn't stupid, mm-hmm. which inherently makes him better than other people. I just, I don't know if it's, the, I, a rising tide raises all boats, right? So is Jeff Gorton top five in the league because he's shrewd and he's smart and he's able to do all these things other teams don't do? Or is Jeff Gordon top five in the league just because someone has to be?
2: Because because he shows up to work and he makes competent decisions.
3: Yeah, he's basically he's not like the Florida Panthers. Because
2: by the way, Stanford's they're doing a lot
3: of they're doing a lot of good things in regards to this pandemic, but that doesn't mean they're not just big dumb idiots when it comes. Oh, to Oh, this evaluate. is a
2: good vibes podcast. It, it, explain to me what the Panthers are doing because I don't know.
3: I think they're I think they're they're paying for a. Like a testing clinic, wow, I think. good for the Panthers. Like they're opening, yeah. The, the clinic that'll be open in wherever Sunrise, Florida, is I think is going to be <laughs> at the Panthers Arena. And hey, the Panthers are the eight people for who it.
2: get tested there are really going to be taken care of.
3: That's the, man, Florida's fucking dumb. All of Florida, it's not the Panthers' fault that Florida's fucking dumb.
2: Sorry, Chris from Florida. Um,
3: he's not, He he's a good guy, he's a good guy. He, but yeah, a lot of. And look, my parents live in Florida, so I feel like and my grandma, both my grandmas, now that I think about it. I got a lot of family in Florida. So I, well, I can say Florida what I is say just about the tri
2: state area south. Then plus the other. Only parts areas. of
3: Florida. Only parts of Florida is tri state area south. Anything Fort Lauderdale anything above is, Florida... is
2: is tri state south.
3: Sure sure, sure. But anything north of Fort Lauderdale is just Alabama. Really is. <laughs> There's no, like, Gaines, Gainesville is just Tuscaloosa in a different state. I got news for you.
2: Yeah, that, I've never been. So, and I don't plan to anytime soon for multiple reasons, as you probably
3: know. Well, there's nothing to do. in Now that the University of Florida isn't in session because of this damn outbreak, there's nothing to do in Gainesville.
2: Igor Shosturkin is an elite goaltender and will be for the next decade.
3: I hate that word. You know I hate that word.
2: The elite goaltender or a decade?
3: <laughs> decades uh, elite, <laughs> no elite I just it, it's so I, I feel like it paints too broad of a brush like really tell me where do you think Igor will rank in the NHL over the next five years legitimately legitimately My un- trying to be unbiased
2: over the next five years I believe he will be a top ten goalie he probably sits in the six to ten range
3: I think that's I think that's I think that's the floor
2: Okay, you think he's higher?
3: I think he could be.
2: I think name, he could be too. Name ten, to be,
3: name I mean, name nine young goalies that you would rather have ahead of Igor Shesterkin.
2: I wouldn't have Blackwood. I know that's the thing that Jersey people are gonna start saying to say us, uh, say to yeah. us. Um I'd much rather no, have Igor. Um yeah, but young goalies in general, I mean Bennington.
3: Like like Sam ben, ben, Bennington and Riddich? I don't even think Riddich is that young in Calgary. Bennington's got a Is Bennington a good goalie, or is he just a guy that won a cup? So the the Mark Andre Flurry. Yeah, is he is he Matt Murray, Mark Andre Flurry, Corey Crawford? Is he just that in different different colors? I do
2: I I do believe Igor will be a special goaltender for a very long time. I don't know if he'll end up being elite. He definitely has big shoes to fill, and he will likely not fill them. But he, I couldn't be happier with that bridge of it it's it's a blessing. It feels in in the Spurs term of like a Robinson the Duncan kind of situation.
3: Yeah, I I can't think of an under 25 year old goalie I'd rather have than Igor Shishterkin. So if he continues on the path that he's currently on, he should be I mean, you could probably make a case that he's top 10 right now, just if you want to go based off projecting potential
2: and met- metrics themselves. I
3: mean, yeah, he, he so he's
2: quite good stats when he plays and it's not a surprise here.
3: Yeah, I I think so this one you'll get an agree because I'll be, it would be shocking to me if he's not a top 10 goalie in the next five years.
2: The top line of Mika Zibanejad, or Temi Panarin and whoever else it literally doesn't matter is a top line in the NHL and can compete in an NHL finals.
3: Yeah. I just don't think you should be playing Mika and Panarin on the same line.
2: I, I think I, I'm, I'm not,
3: a, I'm not one. I'm not one to stack them. I don't see the value in stacking.
2: I, uh, I'd uh, rather
3: have two great lines than one. great.
2: Our, line. our good friend drew way. Uh, made a, a really good point a couple weeks back to us about how spreading out the town has actually been statistically proven to be the more effective way to play hockey. And I still agree with that. But when it comes to crunch time, and you've seen David Quinn do this all year, he went to Mika Zvinijad and Artemi Panarin at the same time. So in the last five minutes of a game, if you need a goal, I mean, it could just be, it could be, it could literally be Kreider, Mika Zvinijad, Artemi Panarin, and that is a good enough line to get you to a Stanley Cup final in the last five minutes if you need a goal.
3: Sure. Good teams don't usually find themselves down a goal in the last five minutes of games, though. Like, yes, it's one of those things where if you absolutely need to go late in the game and you have to be trailing, absolutely. Lines go out the window. Just put the guys who can make plays on the ice and worry about what happens after that. In order to avoid that situation from happening regularly, put Meek on the first line, put Panarin on the second line, or put Panarin on the first line, put Meek on the second line. I don't care. It just makes your hockey team better to have those guys playing separately. Like. Well, Hey. Listen, KCB is a great line, and Chris Kreider's here for the next seven years. If Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad work, why break it up? And guess what? Artemi Panarin, Filip had a great season as a twenty-year-old playing with a struggling rookie and a guy who is literally just learning how to play wing. Imagine Filip playing on a line with Artemi Panarin. If those are your two top lines for the next five plus years, the Rangers are going to win a lot of hockey games.
2: It's not like and we're not Stroll. even talking
3: about who else. We're not even talking about who else is on the other wing of either of those lines. I'm literally just talking about Kreider and Panarin uh, right. Kreider and Mika mm-hmm. and Panarin and Heis. Like have two Jesper Fausts play on those lines with them. They're still great lines.
2: Exactly. And and like Ryan Strom wasn't the slouch this year playing with Artem Panarin. Was some of that Artem Panarin? Absolutely. He's that good. But, you know, when Strom was on the show, he talked about the chem- the chemistry you have and he made a really good point about um and how that ma- how much that matters. I mean, when you're playing with somebody, especially when it comes to a person like Jesper Fast. But I will be uh, like you. You made the point of Philip Heedle moving up. I do think he'll end up moving up next year, and I, I'm very curious to see what he'll do, um, in his future potential. Which brings me to my next point. Um, I I, I do believe we have all star potential between Philip Capo Capokako, and I did, I want to say there's there's a third option, but I I I want to say Krabsoff, but I just haven't seen enough yet. But those three could be the future of the New York Rangers forward core.
3: Say it again. Say the three. I'm sorry.
2: Kravstov, Kako, Heedle.
3: Forward wise.
2: Yeah. Forward wise. Yeah. Like, they legitimately yeah. could all be all stars. They all have that potential. I think is that is that strange? Is that's not out of the of realm of possibility to say? Is it?
3: No, I think the Rangers have established that those three need to be the future.
2: Well, Kako really needs really needs a second good season.
3: Uh, he's. A, he, I mean, does he though? Like he, does, if he struggles he next year. He literally doesn't. But he, he could struggle for every year in his entry level contract. I'm not going to worry about it because he's a kid.
2: He's 19. He's a kid. But I do think this this time off will be quite good for him, and hopefully when he comes back he'll be um, the NHL ready prospect. I still think he was. I know he was getting there towards the end of the season. I thought he had an amazing last couple games and was really kicking it up. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know what happened. So. Um, I don't know if this is a, a a good vibe only, but this is Mark Stahl's probably the last year. We did it. We made it through the wilderness.
3: Well, we got, as in next year, will be the last year.
2: That's correct. Next season yeah. will be the last season of Mark Stahl. Which, you know, it's, it's kind of sad because you say goodbye to a, a good friend that you're so used to talking about all the time, and all of a sudden, they're just gone. A thought I had today, Gregory, and tell me if you agree or not. You know how, like, when Tanner Glass was on, the, was on the team, we would kind of be like, why is Tanner out there? Why is Pavel Bushnevich, like, sitting? And then Tanner Glass was off the team, and all of a sudden we felt sort of fondly about Tanner Glass. Do you feel like we'll feel the same way about Mark Stahl? But before you answer that, Greg, let's take a quick break. Okay, before we get to Mike and Tom, we're going to talk about DoorDash. That's right, DoorDash. You know what? I'm going to just be honest. We've been using a lot of DoorDash lately. DoorDash has, like, a support your local restaurants thing that happens on Saturday. I wish this was part of the ad read. I'm actually just doing this native. Pretty impressive, if I do say so myself. But we've been ordering some fun stuff. We got some sushi from a local place. We got some Korean chicken. Uh, Last week, we got, uh, what did we get? Tacos and and burritos. It was awesome. It's been great. DoorDash has been a wonderful tool during these times. So, if you want to use DoorDash, you can go. It's super easy. It's super easy to order with DoorDash. All you need is the app. You choose what you want to eat and your food. And it'll be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. 3,000 partners in the U.S., US, Puerto Rico, and Canada. Canada? Canada and Australia. And you can support your local go-tos. That's what we do here. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order, $15 or more, and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download DoorDash app and enter the code BSB. That's right. $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code BSB. So, do that today, and that's it. Enjoy DoorDash. And also, we have one more ad, and here it is. And if you were to guess, on average, how many days people have to wait for to see a doctor in the United States, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor license in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer and complete a free online visit. You'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician for within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, well, Roman's pharmacy can ship you the medication to you with free two-day shipping. Free two-day shipping. Oh, you also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash BSB for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getrodon.com slash BSB for a free online visit and two free-day shipping. Let's
3: go. No, a little different. I, not even a little different, very different. Tanner Glass was a generic plugin. Mark Stahl has a history. We didn't have a history with Tanner Glass, which is what I think made it more even more frustrating. Like, imagine, imagine if we, like, imagine it was Ryan Callahan instead of Tanner class, right? Mm -hmm. A guy making more money, a guy you have history with, a guy who was clearly good once upon a time. I think it would be a little bit more complicated if we were asking for Bucnevich to get minutes over Callahan because we'd have a lot of conversations about love what Callahan did for us in his prime. We're at a point now where we need to be thinking about the future. This guy can't be getting minutes over XYZ. So I, I think it's more of that than it is generic fourth line free agent signing comes in for a year who has no history with the team who serves no true purpose to helping a hockey team win a hockey game and he's preventing a younger player from playing mark Stahl has a history was very good is a big reason why the rangers used to be a very successful defensive team and is well respected in the locker room so it's It's not fair to say that I don't I think it would be unfair to look back at Stahl like we look back on Tanner Glass. And at the same time, who exactly has Mark Stahl been blocking? Nobody on the defensive side. Like nobody. Neil Pionk got Neil Pionk got minutes and struggled. Uh, John Gilmore. I don't think I don't think anyone cares that John Gilmore didn't get minutes. You can make the you can make the Ryan Graves argument, but the Rangers organization straight up didn't like Ryan Graves. So it's great that Graves found success in Colorado, but the Rangers weren't going to give time to Graves ever because they didn't see it in them. There was never a young player that Mark Stahl was blocking. Now next year, I don't think Mark Stahl is blocking Keandre Miller. I think if anything, Mark Stahl is buying Keandre Miller as much time as he humanly needs. And David Quinn proved it this year that, guess what? There's a young guy that's playing well, or just a young guy in general, in the case of Lieber Hayek. Mark Stahl's is not going to be the guy that is going to keep a young guy out of the lineup. He was, if you go back to our podcast late November, we're talking about healthy scratch Mark Stahl, how the Rangers are going to buy out Mark Stahl because he's clearly not in the plans anymore. And the only thing that changed that conversation was Lieber Hayek got hurt. Right. That's it. If Lieber Hayek never got hurt, does Mark Stahl ever come back to a full time role in this Rangers lineup? I feel like
2: the answer is hard no. to tell. Yeah, I still feel like uh, well, it's
3: hard, hard to tell. I mean, Hayek wasn't playing well. The thing is, Hayek wasn't playing well before the injury. And he's still getting minutes over Stahl.
2: The real thing here is if, if Rykov is healthy, does Mark Stahl stay in the lineup? I think that's the real question.
3: I think Quinn's going to make – I think it's clear that Quinn's going to make everyone earn their keep. Oh, that's, that's just always been how is, he is. Yeah, he's going to – if Rykov proves he can play, he will play. But I don't think the Rangers are going to hand him anything. No.
2: Um. Here's my la- one of my last ones, and uh, this this might be a little controversial. I don't know. There are a lot of teams in the Metropolitan Division which will fall off within the next three years. Those teams being the Capitals, the Penguins, the Islanders, and I think that's—I mean—the Blue Jackets kind of had a lot of injuries this year, but I, I wouldn't say they're falling off.
3: Um, the, the Metro, Penguins, the Metro was
2: hard this year, right? We can both agree on that. A, a yeah, really tough I, division.
3: But I think the Islanders, the Islanders—it's if. Barzal is an Islander I think that's the only way they get noticeably worse they're not an old team they're not a, in my opinion they're not a well-constructed team so the fact that the Islanders are playing this well with such a heavily flawed roster should be concerning because they're just they're not old right. um, they got younger guys really good talented guys I mean that Noah Dobson game I saw in Vegas notwithstanding he's still one of the top defensive prospects in hockey oliver wallstrom is still one of the top forward prospects in hockey matt Barzall is still a general child himself but the islanders are gonna have to pay him I, I think it's tough to say the islanders are gonna fall off i i think the islanders can only honestly get better but they won't get better if they keep lamorello around so that's the one saving grace with the islanders the penguins i i i think Sidney crosby is going to age like tim duncan and that just means that as long as he's as long as he can put skates on, the Penguins are going to be good. They have Jason Zucker now. Malkin is still a genetic freak himself. Um, they have goalie issues, but I think they're smart enough to understand that they can fix that. The Capitals, you're basically, I mean, the Capitals might the Holtby might leave, but if Holtby leaves, they have Samsonov. Ovechkin seems superhuman. He does. They still have Backstrom. They still have Kuznetsov. Three years. I think they're in the twilight of their golden years, but I don't. I don't know if they're going to be done in three years. And the Blue Jackets are young too. Like the Metro's young. Well, the
2: Blue Jackets are really young, and I can't even mention the Hurricanes because that team is loaded with young talent. Like out of yeah. Goddamn so, mind.
3: so I'm going to disagree. I, I think the Metro is just going to stay. Really hard, and then you also have to take into account that you got smart guys running teams in the Metro it makes me Hurricane's so sick one of the best run go look at the Hurricanes.
2: it makes me sick
3: yeah not even the look at the fucking Atlantic yeah the Atlantic's a shit show the Panthers before the season started having' had an actual shot at making the playoffs this year they're run like a freaking toddler it's crazy it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's just the Metro. The Leafs are
2: run, they just like had an awful year. The Bruins and Lightning are really good. And the well the, 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 Leafs, are... the Leafs the Leaves
3: the Leafs underperformed this year, but that roster is roster is insane. Like, Dubis Dubas did a great job of putting that team together. It's just they stunk for large portions of the season. Whether you want to put that on Babcock is one thing. If you if maybe maybe the team wasn't Dubas got players that weren't playing the system his coaching staff wanted to play, but that's the fault of, understa- of not making a switch on your coaching staff sooner than you should have. Yeah, the, the, the Met- I don't think the Metro is going to get any easier anytime soon. But at the same time, the New York Rangers are going to be good enough where that shouldn't matter because of the way this team has been built. Again, we mentioned Mika, we mentioned Panarin. They keep, they're keep keeping Kreider, heels Seven. on the rise. There, this was a team that was flirting with the playoffs without any help from Kapokako, without almost any help from the left side of their defense this year, a team flirting for the playoffs with, without for the large majority of the season, Igor Shosturkin in net. Jacob Truba underperformed for sure. Any way you want to slice it. They weren't playing with a fourth line basically this entire season.
2: Yeah. Eight minutes a night. Think of, that's That's about
3: it. Think of, it's, it's easy to think of all the things that went well for the Rangers this year, and we could credit that as much as we want of why the Rangers win the race. I mean, Zabana Jad becoming a single-handed goal-scoring machine, Chris Kreider rebounding from what was an absolutely horrendous first month of the season, Artemi Panarin playing like the league MVP. I think it's even more impressive to think of what the Rangers did this year when you consider the things that didn't go right. Jacob Truba did not play well, but Tony D'Angelo and Adam Fox played incredible on the right side. The left hand side of the defense, outside of Ryan Lindgren, did not play well, and even Lindgren
2: struggled. As points. good as
3: we think he did, he probably league average. I don't think he was exceptional.
2: But, but being uh, league average for Lin- Ryan Lindgren is great. That's awesome.
3: Brett Brett Howden was a negative. Cabo Caco was a negative. Correct. They had to play Jesper Fast on the th- on the second line, which is probably. I, I know strom said nice things about it, and I understand his mindset to it. But I bet the New York Rangers going into the season didn't think that. Jesper Foss was going to be a top six forward. For no, them they definitely year.
2: want him the bottom six for sure.
3: Yeah. You think, think of instead of, I, I, I know this is good vibes only, but it's actually, it should make you feel better. How the Rangers finished their season. When you only think of the things that didn't go according to plan for the Rangers this year, because even with all those things going against them,
2: mm-hmm.
3: they three points outside of a playoff race, just three.
2: And with games at hand. So, uh that being said i think we had a lot of good conversation here i'm sorry that we had a confusion about the quarantine episode we'll do that next week um but i definitely couldn't do uh i just wanted to talk good for the future because it's been just such a week of bad news and bad vibes and i uh i think there's a lot of good to look forward to for the rangers when the hockey does come back and hopefully it does come back early next year and we'll see what happens there we have no idea and there's plenty of time to figure it out um until then gregory any other final thoughts for this BSBOT?
3: Uh, uh I do love John Davidson. I don't want anyone coming away from this podcast thinking I'm poo-pooing John Davidson. I was I was, it's still on a day like today, thinking back about the Rangers search for a president. That's fair. There there wasn't there wasn't a search. It was just gonna be John Davidson. And it's great that it's John because like you said, I can't think of anyone in the NHL I'd rather have. I don't if eiserman it's kind of like a Brody Van Wagen in versus Chaim Bloom situation. Mm-hmm. Like I think Iserman would have wanted to deconstruct some things. I agree. Whereas David Davidson was all about understanding that he can build, while also he can bring in talent, while also not jeopardizing the long term. I think if, if Iserman's picture here,
2: here, or Panarin is not a Ranger, that's where I'm at.
3: Yeah, I I, I think you could have also I think we would have heard Mika Zibanejad trade rumors too. Because mm. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking. It's crazy to think about. Had the Mets hired Bloom instead of Van Wagenen, oh, so Degrom doesn't get extended. For sure, not, not just Syndergaard. Degrom would have been traded. For sure, Conforto yeah, like, probably gets traded. Syndergaard definitely gets traded. Lock it up. Uh, so you think about it from that perspective of, if you got if you bring in a guy who wants to construct a team in his image, like yes, Kako's here. Fox is probably here too because I think, would what, would what have traded for Fox? I I think he might have waited. So maybe Fox is playing his senior year of hockey at Harvard. Um, it's interesting when you think of it from that way. I don't think Panarin's here. I think Kreider's gone. I think he rides it out with Stahl for sure. I think Kravtsov would have played in the NHL this year. I think, like there's, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting thought process to think of how this year would have been so much different if someone like Eisenman was the president instead of John Davidson. Absolutely.
2: Uh, we'll be back next week, um, and then we'll do quarantine next week. And I also on the BSB OT next week, if you'd like to. Uh, let me know if you finished Tiger King. We'll do a second half Tiger King.
3: Oh, I finished Tiger King yesterday. Okay. I watched it all yesterday. We'll
2: do a second half next week on the OT. I need to talk about it. Yeah, that. I got. Th-
3: I had thoughts. All
2: right. All right. Uh, stay tuned next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. Love you. Bye.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems.